We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. You came back? Did you know what was in there? A portal between dimensions. Do you know what's on the other side? Portal! Yes, and what do you do? Something telepathic. Link. Auto-translate. Uh, you don't know anything, do you? You just stand around making speeches and waving a TV air about. Oh my god, it even does lip sync. Here comes the drums! So here it comes, the sound of drums. Hello and welcome to Pull to Open, an ongoing quest to watch all of Doctor Who, all of it, all of the TV show in random order. I am Pete Paschal. And I'm Chris Taylor, and uh, we're a couple of fans, we're a couple of journalists, we've written about Doctor Who, we wrote it about Doctor Who uh, together at the uh, the website Mashable, where we met. And uh, where in the, tandem. Indeed. And the tagline was uh, obsessed with us, and uh, I think that's an appropriate tagline for for this show as well come come obsessed with us about every single story in doctor who in obsessively random order yes we were the epitome of obsessed with us back then <laughs> i would say and we've we taken were. that obsession forward into the next dimension uh <laughs> dimensionally transcendental we've taken it to <laughs> e-space and back totally in fact yes. Let me give everyone a little bit of a rundown on where we've been recently. So previously on Pull to Open, uh, we were at Terminus. Terminus, of course, mm. the Fifth Doctor Adventure in the middle of the Black Guardian trilogy. Of course. And uh, we got <laughs> we got in and got out yep. <laughs> of uh, that one. Uh, but that, was, that came hot on the heels of doing one of the classics of the classic series, which is Genesis of the Daleks. Uh, which many consider perhaps the best episode of the classic series, or at least one of them in the top top five. And prior to that, we did some Cybermen with Attack of the Cybermen, the Sixth Doctor, not quite as revered, you might say, as the Genesis mm. of the Daleks, but it was interesting to see uh, back-to-back episodes with the Doctors number one and number two baddies. Right, uh, how, while, how good they yeah. can get and how bad they can get. Uh, exactly. Yeah. So it was all, then, all, all of those were kind of interesting and uh, trying to be epic in their own ways, uh, particularly Terminus, which sort of explained the beginnings of the universe. Uh, <laughs> and now, it in there. Yeah. Off, uh, jumping off that hydrogen inrush <laughs> that <laughs> created the universe, uh, we have the Eaters of Light. That's what we're doing this week. It is Series 10, Episode 10, yeah. uh, towards the end of Peter Capaldi's run. And if you're anything like this, your your response to hearing the Eaters of Light is, oh, that one. Uh, <laughs> wasn't there a Roman legion? Because uh, because as Whovians, like it's it's impossible to keep every single story in your head, right? Yeah. Uh, so you sort of you remember in shorthand the the more famous ones, and this is this is certainly not that, but it is interesting, and uh, you know uh, the part of the joy of this random adventure is it takes us to all of the adventures, and uh, we don't skip out, you know, midlist stuff like the Eaters of Light. 
And we, we do often find, as, as Idris said and the Doctor's wife, that, um, you know, the randomizer takes us where we need to go. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think you could, a lot is said by when we hear what the randomizer takes us to, and usually we have an instant reaction. <laughs> like when Genesis and the Daleks happened, it was like, oh my God, Yeah, you know, we got to, this is going to be huge. And then this one was like, uh, dot, dot, yeah. dot. <laughs> yeah. And we were actually just so, discussing this before we started. We, Whenever we get to the Daleks Master Plan or the War Games, the two longest stories in Who history, uh, there, there will be there will be celebration. Uh, we'll we'll need some celebration to get through mm. the, the week of watching. Well, don't it. don't challenge the randomizer just yet. <laughs> That's for later. Oh my god, this just, might be the I'm way to. I'm yeah. setting it up. This is Chekhov's gun. The kind of anti jinxiness I think. It's uh, <laughs> man. I'm now I'm nervous. Just about the end of the show. I'm going to save that. my special. I do already have a special challenge for the randomizer, but we'll save that for the end of the show. Meanwhile. <laughs> Meanwhile, guys, this is a podcast. In case you haven't, uh, <laughs> in case your ears aren't quite sure what's entering them right now, and as everyone knows, podcasts thrive on reviews, particularly reviews in the Apple uh, Podcast Store. So, if you can, if you haven't done so yet, and thank you very much for all those who have, please mm. take just a second to open that app, or you're probably in the app, but go to the uh, reviews part of the app, go to the show page, and leave a review uh, and or a rating. Not telling you what to write or what to put, but you know, those five-star reviews, we really, really, really have a special place in our hearts for. Um, and, uh, yeah, I am, I'm, I am going to tell you what to write and what to put. And uh, you, sh- <laughs> you should give us more emoji episode summaries because we, yeah. we love those brain teasers. We got, in case you weren't listening uh, last week, we got the answer to the emoji brain teaser of which Doctor Who story is a tooth, a whiskey tumbler, and a piano. And we were absolutely stumped by that uh, until it was real. It was the gunfighters. So come along into our reviews and please stump us with some uh, story-based emoji summaries. We do love those. Yeah. Why don't we? Why don't we start with the Daleks' master plan? <laughs> I don't know what you would put, but I, I'm really looking forward to it. I think there's probably, you know, how would you even represent a Dalek in emoji? What would you do? I've got uh, yeah, maybe the robot thing. Uh, a robot maybe, with an octopus. But robot with an octopus, or an octopus with a car, since we know now from Genesis <laughs> right. of the Daleks that Mark Three travel machines. Uh, so yeah, uh, an octopus driving a car. Yeah, uh, we'll give you a Dalek, and then maybe a whiteboard for the master plan. Right, right. There you go. Boom, See, we did one, guys. We we did one for you. That's for free. <laughs> if you go to your review service and no one has actually written that yet, you can have it. You yeah, can have it. That could yours. be your review. Yeah, we'll we'll credit you. Yeah, we'll get you in the codex. All right, uh, but we we are also giving out a prize for. Uh, a random review in the first 50 reviews and uh pete has been teasing us about this prize for some time now uh, right and i've been i've been thinking about hidden nondescript vague hints i can give about it <laughs> other than it's doctor who related and i couldn't really think of any that would give it away because you're kind of in your head you're always thinking you get in your own head about these things i'm giving too much away so i'd rather yeah. you if you have yeah. any questions about it chris yes well, we've been questions about what 20 questions be. And uh, last week we discovered that it is mineral rather than animal or vegetable. Um, so I'm going to it say, be analyzed. <laughs> I'm going to say, Pete, is it a 
a new Who prize or a classic Who prize? I'm going to have to go with new Who on this. Okay. Even though it's, it's kind of in both. Oh, there we go. There's a reveal. That's Better possibly the most useful information we've received on the prize so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, we will continue to ask questions until we get to our 50th review and one of you wins this fantastic prize, which is an octopus and a Tesla, clearly. Um, <laughs> well, it, I just revealed it's not Axonite. <laughs> it's not so as sorry, it just in the classic show so classic sorry <laughs> classic show fans uh but speaking of the classic show we've been there a lot and we do uh introduce the people of tiktok to classic doctor who a lot um yeah. and we more we've and more another, every week another great week on tiktok with with how many we're aiming for ten thousand, and we are well on the way yeah, we're experiencing some, some network effects there, I think. It's been going pretty quickly in terms of more subscribers signing up. So grateful to all of you who are signing up on TikTok. We love sharing the videos there, engaging with everyone in the comments. It's all been really great and positive so far. We've Last time, we I think we had it over about 6,500. And since then, we're, we're really getting close to 7,000. We're not quite mm. there now. Actually, I'm pretty sure by the time you listen to this, we'll be well over 7,000. But like- we're... We're really, really close to it. Again, we're still aiming for 10K um, at the rate we're going, hoping to get there in the next month or two, but hopefully sooner. But mm. I promise y'all we're going to do something special for the for the TikTok audience exclusively when we get to 10,000. We, we got yeah. some ideas on some stuff we could put up there. I, and, I suggested we do a TikTok dance, but I don't think that's what you're thinking of. I'm thinking we just up up at up our game there in a couple of different ways. One, not just a one-time thing, but I think up in the TikTok game because that's uh, it's such an engaged audience for us. And I, it I also really is. What you said at the beginning. I really like the idea that more and more people that we're showing our our discussion do they're 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 checking out the old show and they find that they really like it. Yeah, yeah, it's it's attracting new fans, and uh, we are we are spurring BritBox subscriptions all over the place. Mm-hmm. So come sponsor us, BritBox, and uh, what it's it's really interesting how much commentary there is. How pe- people get started on a comment, and then there are just insane number of replies. And we seem to be a a forum, kind of an accidental forum for discussing new and classic Doctor Who on TikTok. Totally. I mean, there's there's theories all over fandom, and some of them are more popular than others, but I mm. like that there's these sort of micro-theories that are coming out on various things. Because, you know, we like to talk about what makes sense and what doesn't make sense, yeah. and we want it all to make sense, and there are ways, and this is kind of what fandom does. Yes. We, we are cleaning up Doctor Who with our headcanon as, as we work our way through it, and we're, we're delighted that you are with us on that journey on TikTok. And uh, also, you're helping to uh, retcon us, which is the phrase we've been using for when we're wrong uh, <laughs> and, and you remind us of some other part of who law uh for instance we talked about the temporal grace thing in the tardis that is supposed to uh mm. prevent any violent action like there was an attack of the cybermen in the tardis and uh we had a comment to remind us that that was a a clever lie according to the matt smith doctor in let's kill hitler yeah, I, I suddenly awoken a memory in me because we had talked about it, and I just completely forgot that that was mentioned yeah. and basically confirmed it was always BS. Yeah, um, which is interesting because I actually, in sort of doing that video, I actually looked at the scene in the Hand of Fear, and I think it's were it's in keeping with that. In other words, like Eldrad, I don't think ever calls the bluff. 
at least not explicitly, right? They yeah. she like she it's a uh Eldred's in female form at the time and there her eyes glow but it's not really clear is she actually doing something or is she sort of just getting ready to do something. So it all kind of fits. It all it all it works. It's it, it was never a real thing. Apparently the fourth doctor was just bluffing all along and I'm I'm going with that. That's good. <laughs> It works, and we like that. We actively like being corrected because, uh, in common with many of you listeners, we actually have lives, and I think it's <laughs> not exactly possible to keep all of Doctor Who in your Speak head yourself. when you have a life. <laughs> well, we also have have curtailed. We've talked about this before. We curtailed our Doctor Who watching for the show, so that we're bit, only yeah. watching one serial a week, right? Uh, which is actually less than we might do otherwise. So. Uh, we we appreciate you uh, helping us to to keep this straight as we as we continue on our adventure. And there was yeah. uh, speaking of viral comments, there was a, a robot of Sherwood comment uh, well, that went viral it, itself. Well, the the thing that's going viral, which uh, if you're following us on TikTok and you're following the account, what you're going to find is that the video with the most views now is actually the res- the the. TikTok comment of the week video about another video, you know, like which was about the spoon versus sword fight between Robin and the doctor. It's TikTok up this old way down, young man. T- it's yeah. TikTok works in mysterious ways, but I, I, it's, 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 I just find it it's interesting. It's always surprises us, Chris, and surprises me mm. certainly. Like what goes viral on TikTok, I can't mm. tell. We, 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 I just think. You know, we pick whatever we think are the most interesting things we had to say. We introduce a little variety. Uh, we make it, in, uh, you know, fun for the TikTok crowd. And then stuff we, I, I would say, oh, yeah, they're going to get into the Dalek theory here. It's like, no, not so much. But the Doctor fighting Robin with a spoon is apparently such a nexus point, if you will, <laughs> in the show, clearly, in New Who for a lot of people. Because there is yeah. no end to the discussion on that post about what what you know what what it means narratively how he could really do it or whether uh it was a good moment for the show a bad one i mean please check it out give us your opinion i think it's a it's a good uh it's a good good starting point for what we are all about here on bolt open yes indeed so we speaking of tiktok comment of the week we have a new one and it is to do with uh, cybermen yeah, yeah. So this is we we had kind of a bye week on TikTok in that the, when we're recording this, we had a couple of weeks since we had posted our new episode. So now um, there was a lot of discussion then on the pre- the episode we had just done, which was um, uh, the uh, two episodes we had just done rather, Genesis the Daleks and Attack of the Cybermen. And in in one of the Cybermen videos, and I believe this is in response to a comment you had said about why the Cybermen and New Who work, and you had a, a mm. good a sort of a wise thing about it being more of an automated process, yeah. and uh, that it, their fear of the Cybermen comes through sort of their sheer numbers and that they're going to catch you and convert you. Um, this person yeah. uh, responded to that, and the comment goes, first of all, the comment is from someone named clawful catalyst clawful catalyst and it says when i think cybermen all i can think of is that music the most terrifying moments have always been when the cybermen have stopped and just flaunted and i like this comment because it it's so true and i I thought about it because they've used the cybermen theme or that that the which Murray Gold created for Rise of the Cybermen, but they've used it throughout New Who. It's like one of the only sort of 
chimes. It's, it's almost, like, almost a jingle at this point for like yeah. the Cybermen. And they've, I, I actually, I'd have to go back to see Ascension of the Cybermen, but I think they use it. I'm not sure. <clears throat> and it's, it's just been the most consistent thing to signal their menace in, in a Cyberman episode. And I, 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 I was reminded of this and I don't think there's a comparable sort of, uh, a jingle or I guess for the lack of a better term uh, for in any of new who other than, you know, brief, you know, doctor specific stuff. I think right. nothing I, has gone I am the doctor. Yeah. The yeah. Daleks don't really get a theme. Yeah. Uh, they did early on with, with Eggleston tenant, but then, you yeah. know, it's kind of like that, you know, almost biblical chorus in the background, but then they kind of forgot about it. Yeah. Um, Daleks the themes. <laughs> themes are inferior. We exterminate thematic influences. Um, but yeah, I like the part of the comment where he says the Cybermen stop and just flaunt. Yeah. <laughs> what they're flaunting is actually they're not moving at all. Like, stop and just be still and flaunt. But now now I want them to go, stop, cyber time. Uh, maybe <laughs> like, do a little I like dance. That, I like that bit because it's a little... Um... It's like the it, they're inadvertently menacing in that sense. They're yeah. probably just doing what's logical, which is to say nothing at any particular time. Exactly. But it's it's kind of like when you know we're both journalists, right? And one of the things you learn early on, sometimes it's formally taught in a it, when you're a journalist, is when you're interviewing someone, a good thing to do is actually be silent. Yes. And because people like to fill silences, right? So they do. It's not like, uh, as a journalist, you have a master plan to get something out of someone other than maybe just consciously doing that. But, you know, you're, they're thinking your silence might be speaking volumes, but really you're just kind of waiting and mm-hmm. hoping they fill, fill the silence with some intelligent <laughs> thought. Um, you know, my, my dad was a prosecuting lawyer. He used to do that all the time to us as kids because it's what he did at work, right? You just sort of sit silently in a room with the suspect and let them talk. Uh, you know, lawyers do it, journalists do it, therapists do it. Uh, I think I'd say journalists do it with a sort of a slight twist, which is uh, when when I was at journalism school, we were uh, the the Martin Bashir interview and Princess Diana just happened, and mm. we'd, uh, we were we were told to watch that as sort of an example of how you do journalism because ninety percent of his questions are why and how so. Right. And those, those that if you're not listening to the interview that you are conducting and you've forgotten where you are and you just sort of wake up in the middle of the interview, either say why or how so, and uh, you will get an interesting, expansive answer. So, yeah, if I ever do meet any Cybermen, that, that, is, that is what I will say to them when they stop and flaunt, stop their clanking. I'll just look at the guy, how so? I might ask, whose baby is that? <laughs> <laughs> you would like to delete me, how so? Please explain your conversion process. Uh, Thank you, Clawful Catalyst, for the comment. It was cool. It was really good to sort of, uh, you know, it's a a simple observation, but also very, very true and got me, uh, got us thinking about the Cybermen and and new in different ways. Always good Um, to think about the Cybermen. If you are looking for us on uh, TikTok, by the way, feel free Mm -hmm. to follow us at poll to open all one word. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Um, And we're on so many platforms now. 
We are. So uh, we've expanded recently in the number of places you can actually download the podcast and listen to it. Uh, as I think listeners know, we're on Stitcher, we're on Amazon Music now, a few other places. And there's a new one. We're on Reason.fm, which is mm. a thing. And we were actually asked to go on this by one of uh, our fans. It doesn't tell me who, but uh, basically someone signed us up for it. And it's a platform for podcasts. We claim the podcast. We're there. We're officially there. Um, so it's one more place you guys can check us out. So please do. Are we also, also on Unreason FM? <laughs> I feel like we, our, our chaotic fans need more more representation. That's, that's us in the antimatter universe are on, <laughs> are on Unreason FM. Uh, but speaking of Amazon Music, you know what I just discovered, Chris? You know what I just discovered? What? Amazon Music has big finish audios. Wow. For free to listen if if you're a paid Amazon Music subscriber. Ooh. And I wish someone had told me this months ago because I'm as I think I've mentioned before I'm working my way through um some of the big finishes trying to start with the Paul McGann stuff and you're buying and them. I've been buying well I mean I don't mind supporting big finish but I'm also sure. like I'm already paying for Amazon Music who which presumably is a contract with Big Finish so it's not mm. like I'm cheating them out of anything no, and exactly. I'm just taking advantage of that membership now and it, they don't have them all so obviously I'm going to make my way back to Big mm. Finish mm. uh actually I don't have very many but they have at least like the first 50 or so that were produced in like the range. So some of that's a mix of Paul McGann as well as um, when they started out, they were doing uh, you know previous Doctor Adventures with Peter Davison, Colin Baker, Sylvester McCoy mainly. And so I'm kind of working my way through those and it's been, it's been great. That's uh, a great tip. So, yeah. yeah. And, it, and it's sort of, I don't know if you've been using the Big Finish app for the for the ones that you buy oh yes it, yes absolutely yeah it can be a little i mean it's it's one more app right you know however yeah. good it is but also I've, I've had various issues like it's kind of a bare bones app so it's nice to know that there's something else you can listen through yeah big uh, finish i like i like a lot of what big finish does i think it generally works some of it's not as intuitive as i wish it was because sometimes mm. you know you add stuff to your collection and you it's not clear where it is i don't know maybe i just don't quite buy stuff often enough to figure it out. But I remember mm. I, sometimes I'd buy something like, where is it? And it's like, oh, I just got to hit this other button. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's but, too many steps in the process. So it's nice to know it's somewhere else as well. Yeah. That, that, I really complain. I love, I love big yeah. finish. I like what they do. I'm definitely, you know, I'll continue to buy things, certainly stuff that's not available on Amazon. But if you are an Amazon music subscriber, um, if you didn't know, this is a great way to, to find some of those adventures. So enjoy. Yeah. I think, I even think it's one of the ones I mentioned last week with Nissa and the fifth doctor, the mutant phase. I think it's in there. Don't want to overpromise, but, uh, if you were looking for that one, even, even though there's a small part of me that would like big finish to stop so I could catch up before I'm 80, um, mm -hmm. it would be, uh, that, that would be, it would be childish not to support them. So please support big finish any way you can. Do it. All right. Um, so speaking of which, speaking of supporting things, speaking of supporting the very show we love, I'm sure everyone, everyone who loves Doctor Who was supporting it last week by watching Legend yeah. of the Sea Devils. Yeah. Right, Chris? Certainly who, nobody who missed it. Who would not watch that and still yeah. call themselves a Who fan? Uh, well, me uh, is the answer. <laughs> I uh, Yeah, I haven't had a chance to, to watch it yet. I haven't dared... Uh, uh, I got to go through the B well. I didn't go through. I got to go through the BBC America app and you know and watch all the ads. Oh, that come you're with my it, sympathies. So. Yes. Yeah. 
I actually uh, watched it live on uh, broadcast on BBC America on my cable provider. Yes, nice. I actually do subscribe to a cable provider for wow. actual cable TV. Still, you're the one. Um, I'm the one. And actually, it's funny. <laughs> like the the plan I have now, which I'm actually going to revise soon because I actually want some more sports. But the it, it has. Like I specifically got the plan I have because it has BBC America. It has virtually right. nothing else. Like in other words, like <laughs> in terms of like channels you'd want. Uh, yeah. But I was yeah, like, oh, I really rich people. Yeah. I, I remember getting it years and years ago when I think Capaldi was just brand new. Uh, mm. It might have been during during Smith. Uh, but I was like, I want BBC America because I want to be able to watch Doctor Who live. Mm. And well, Yes. Yeah. Well, this is an interesting reverse from when I'd I'd seen all of Flux and uh, and the <laughs> Eve of the Daleks and was enthusing about both of them. So, so Pete, you now need to, you you now get to lord it over me and also tell me is it what did you think was it worth watching? Eh. I mean, obviously, it's worth watching. It's Doctor Who, but <laughs> but was it a particularly good episode for you? Where would you rank it? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> okay that's that's the review i need thank you yeah, yeah. <laughs> where would i place it in sea devils episodes i would like to see again um yeah. third Whoa. Uh, so. faint praise there you go yes third place uh yeah anyway I mean, it looks beautiful, and honestly, I'll watch the Doctor and Yaz uh, and anything at, at that point. At this point, I feel like, you know, we, we've got a pretty strong TARDIS team at the moment. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's yeah. some stuff in it that I think you'll like, given what you just said. Um, mm. So that's there, uh, but it's still not. Uh, kind of wish there was more stuff around that. Yeah, but we have there's a the the next special has been announced. Is that Mm -hmm. right? I I think I saw it briefly. Yes. And have you seen? Have you seen the trailer? Even no, no. Surely you're on the internet, so you you are aware of certain, (laughs) shall we say, returns. I've somehow managed to avoid it. So so come come on, spoil me with the return right now. We'll do it live on air. Well, do you want me to spoil you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I actually okay, there like are, well, being why don't spoiled we play, um, you, you guess, you guess who's back. Okay. And <laughs> well, it's not you're the gonna Daleks. Have to, well, this is our new 20 questions, but you can ask three today. Uh, okay, I'm not going to ask about the Daleks, clearly not that. And it's definitely not the Sea Devils, because of course I was going to ask that. So I'm going to guess is it the master hmm think playing cards playing cards wow that's my head <laughs> uh, oh the, the queen of hearts clearly hmm. has never been in doctor who no who's back there, i don't there's know. a card that beats other cards in most ace, card games. So, ace. Oh, hello <gasps> oh my goodness wow that's an interesting way to bring the classic fans back and there's another there's actually ooh. two ooh returns ooh. 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 and i won't tell you the other one i'll go I'll let okay. you i'll let you find out but it's good times all right. See, th- this has got me excited to watch the trailer now and yeah. maybe watch Sea Devils. Watch the trailer, too. man. Yeah, <laughs> I should. You know, I, 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 I'm kind of just burned out on trailers in general. We have so many trailers. Well, you in are this world. certainly not nearly as burned out of, uh, as our audience is now about <laughs> the trailer for what we're supposed to really be talking about, which this wasn't really. Yes. It was just, um, yeah, which is let's, to let's, say, we should get to, to the it. business. Of yeah. The Eaters of Light. Open. Eaters of Light. 
Series 10, episode 10. And as right. we do every week, every time we attack an old episode mm-hmm. uh, or any new episode, any episode, we uh, do a segment we like to call TLDW, Too Long Didn't Watch, Too yep. Long Doctor Who, and where one of us yeah. summarizes the plot of yeah. the episode of the week in record yeah. time. And this week it is you, yeah. Yeah, my stalling yeah. didn't work, did it? Um, okay. <laughs> I saw through your evil plan. God, tell um, me about the trailer. Tell me what if your evil about the trailer. plot had succeeded, Chris? If your evil plot had succeeded, we'd still be talking about the trailer <laughs> to the next episode. But no, we have to keep, carry okay. on. We have to do this. Yes, yeah, so we okay. allot for TLDW. Um, to what we allot 30 seconds for every 25-minute episode of the classic series, which translates uh-huh. into a full minute for most episodes of the new series. Right. Uh, and this is a new series episode, The Eaters of Light. And so you get a full <clears throat> minute to summarize it. Yep. All right. That doesn't do think, sound you... like doesn't sound like a lot of time, right? Compared with we've been doing a number of classic episodes, so it's so weird to go back to this single minute thing. Yeah. Um yeah. It's never and enough time and never there time. are so many rabbit holes in any episode. And in this one there are some literal ones. Yeah. So <laughs> Yeah. I, I tell you what I'm not going to do is I'm not going to talk about the cold open. That has been a rabbit hole for us in the past. So yeah. luckily the cold open in this one in the Eases of Light has nothing to do with the rest of the show. So I will not be mentioning it at Just all. Skip it. Just skip Just it. Skip it. Skip it. Boom. Okay. Love it. All right. All right. So Morning. here we are doing this. We're doing the official pull to open summary of the Eaters of Light in three, two, one, go. Okay, so the Doctor, Bill, and Nardole land in second century Scotland. Nardole's like, why aren't we guarding the vault? The Doctor and Bill are like, they, they have to uh, resolve this question about the Roman Ninth Legion that disappeared in Scotland. They go off looking for the Ninth Legion. Uh, Bill goes off by herself and uh, finds this uh, Pict who uh, attacks her and she runs away and she falls into the hands of the survivors of the Ninth Legion who've been uh, killed by some sort of weird uh, uh, extra-dimensional creature that came through the can, uh, the Ring of Stones seconds. that the Doctor and Nardole find, and they get in with the Picts, and Bill gets in with the remainders of the Ninth Legion, and uh, the Doctor goes into the portal and finds that this Eater of Light thing has come out and attacked the Ninth Legion and killed them, and it needs to be sent back, and there need to be volunteers, and uh, the Picts and the Ninth Legion all come together in the same hut, and they actually volunteer to uh, stop the Doctor. Do- doctor wants to go and sort of spend the rest of his life defending against this Eater of Light thing, and, and uh, but they, they, they say, no, we'll do it. And I didn't get to Missy. <laughs> That's all good. You and there's it, you a coda it. with Missy and the TARDIS. There's a coda, yes. It's not really part of the story, so I, I think you get a get-out-of-jail-free card on that. Whew. Good stuff, but man. Just about. Just you, about. you just got it. Like Maybe like yeah. an extra second or two, so that was good. Yeah, that's tough because there is actually more more to this. Uh, like we didn't get, you know, Bill getting attacked by the Eater of Light, and um, mm-hmm. what else didn't we get? I guess it is a pretty it's, simple plot. It's just kind of simple. Nice. I think. Yeah. I think the best parts of it are obviously not the plot, and like sort of those, you know, you kind of want to stretch out in some of the rabbit holes, which aren't really rabbit holes. It's just sort of the exploration of, like, I thought one of the better moments was like Bill exploring. Uh, or just having the conversation with the Romans about, um, you know, sexual orientation yeah. and sort yeah. of her being a little bit is perfectly normal to them. Yeah, like she, her being a little stealing herself, thinking they wouldn't understand mm. that or they'd be primitive, but then they realizing, oh, actually, they're 
Rachel Robins tend to actually more cosmopolitan than you think, yeah. um, which I believe is fairly historically accurate. It's probably an extrapolation from various things, but um, yeah, the, you know, it's it was the influence of the ancient Greeks and Hellenic right. civilization, which was much more enlightened in terms of just uh, yeah, you know, anyone can love anyone. Um, and yeah, it's it's not a stretch to think that uh, a legionnaire might be like, oh, you only like women. That's cool. That's like uh, Vitus over here, and he he only likes dudes, and uh, but not you because you're not handsome enough. Yeah, which is good. I I, I yeah. like that as sort of having your priorities straight as a legionnaire as well. Like, okay, really doesn't yeah. matter what this guy's into. What matters is, is does he have my back, and are we yes. a team here, and are we fighting together, and that's. If that's taken care of, then everything else is just, you know, detail. Yeah. It's a good episode for Bill. Uh, she yes. gets a fair amount of uh, agency. Uh, she does do the classic who thing of, like, companion wanders off. Why does the doctor let them do that? <laughs> Why? It never ends well. He should at least shout over their shoulder, like, you know, text me every five minutes. Let me know you're okay. Um, something yeah. like that. Uh, I- but no. No, yeah, right. That, I, I feel like there's just you know just some general philosophy on the doctor's part that everyone gets into trouble, and you know, ninety nine times out of a hundred, I'll get us out. You know, yes. whatever, whatever happens. So th- that it, that's kind of obvious, but it does the, work out. I mean, you know, he he does get like the the story wouldn't have worked as well if he didn't actually find the ninth legion, and he wouldn't have actually found them. I mean, he did find he found the dead bodies of the majority mm. of the legion. Um. But he, uh, yeah, they need the, the combined forces to come up at the end. So everything turned out okay. Maybe the doctor just knew that it would. Well, um, we certainly knew that it would. <laughs> Even though, <laughs> yes. like, uh, did you buy it for a second that the doctor was really going to go into that portal for all <laughs> eternity and just keep regenerating and keep this thing yeah. at bay? Yeah, <laughs> no, no. I mean, it's nice that he offered. I do like it when, when the doctor thinks about that. Like, oh, you puny humans, I... I have multiple lifespans. I can, you know, see as I sacrifice them all. Mm. Um, you only have one <laughs> lifespan to sacrifice. Uh, it was good, and I, I, I bought it. It was very Capaldi esque um, that he would offer to do that. But of course, yeah, they can't. They can't let him do that. It was always going to end that way, which is kind of nice when you get a, a story that ends the way you're like, oh yeah, that this makes sense. This fits. This works. It does. Uh, well, two things. One, yeah, I didn't really buy it, but I, you know, the the I feel like the person who steps up to make the sacrifice so the doctor doesn't have to is kind of a thing that's been happening a little too much in New Who. Mm-hmm. Um, specifically the Whitaker era, I have to say. Like there were um two recent glaring ones, and one of them being uh the Timeless Children, where old dude from I forget the planet's name, but comes in to sacrifice himself so she doesn't have oh, to yeah. guy from uh, dairy girls yeah, yeah there's another mm-hmm. one there's there's a few of these in all over new even back if you go think all the way back to Sontaran stratagem there's the sort of uh larry page type character who yes. sort of comes in at the end to kill the Sontaran ship so this happens in my view it's it's a it, the doctor shouldn't be that okay with it you know what i mean like <laughs> i feel like it's a little like like we're okay with it as people watching the show but i feel like he con- he's constantly robbed of this chance yeah. Uh, the second well, thing, he's physically knocked out by Bill in this instance to prevent him from sacrificing himself. Right, right, and it's fair enough. Uh, but there's also just the the physics of it, or you know what what exactly is happening because they go in to fight these things, right? Mm. We might as well start at the end, right? So they go in to fight mm. these things. 
so that they don't come in and destroy our entire existence, which is kind of unnecessarily raising the stakes (laughs) to to an absurd degree in my view. But what happens? Like, I guess the portal breaks because too many of them went through. And so does that just eliminate the threat entirely? Do they even have to fight? Like, what's exactly, like, how is this resolved physically? It's not really clear to me. Yeah, it's not clear. So the Doctor goes in, this is one thing I forgot to mention in the TLDW, the Doctor goes into the portal and comes out and like two days have passed, but only a few minutes have passed for him. Not even a few minutes. It's more like seconds, right? Seconds, yeah. Barely a minute has passed for him, depending on how much we see of it on screen. Um, But two days have passed. So... His his point is like their lifespans are nothing. He can go in and save them forever, and they're like, no, all of us will go in. But it's not entirely clear how multiple humans equals multiple human lifespans. Especially if they all go in at the same time or roughly the same time. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I guess if they go, they sort of do go in a little bit one by one. So that might stretch it out somewhat. I Uh, mean, but if 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 time slows down there. Hmm. You know, wouldn't like this is why they have to go in every 60 years or so right. to, you know, so if they go in right away, like it's been, you know, no time at all, like virtually none in the internal uh, into, into the the rift or portal or whatever it's called. Right. So, yeah, I like I, I, I like the don't get me wrong. I love the idea of time dilation. And I actually recently watched Interstellar. Uh, oh, yeah. which really talks classic you know such a such an interesting movie whether whatever you love it or hate it like the time dilation stuff is really thought about uh yeah. so uh you i really I, feel the peril of it and it's really explained very precisely yeah and i i really like it when when doctor who can play with this because they they can even have more leeway obviously with the mm. universe they have so you know things like when you know they the doctor returns rose to earth a year after he picked her up etc and they actually deal with the consequences of that here i just feel like it's a little it's put in as an interesting thing but it's never really um used to its full potential as a plot device um, yes. so it's a bit of a missed opportunity yeah, it's a shame a few lines of dialogue would have fixed that. Um, and it's not like the writer is uh, new to Who, because the writer on this is mm. Rona Munro, who wrote, uh, and this may be one, one of the first reasons why the randomizer took us here, Pete, is that we were, you remember we got a, a comment the other week that said that they were looking to the forward to the first last episode. <laughs> and we figured out they probably meant survival, which was the last story of classic who oh yeah uh, and so maybe the randomizer was aiming for survival and hit uh these of light by the same writer instead wow um, that's a very randomizer thing to do yes. <laughs> right that makes sense right? to me i like that i'm not even going to say mine because now it just sounds <laughs> stupid why the randomizer brought us here but yeah well I think the, she's still the only person who wrote for both versions of the show. I could be wrong. Yes. And unfortunately had really low ratings for both, which is right. Yeah, it's not great. Yeah. Uh, so Eaters of Light is apparently the lowest rated episode of Doctor Who ever. Uh, yeah. That is until actually Legend of the Sea Devils. <laughs> yeah. Which was just a smidge lower. In terms uh, of the overnight ratings. We, yeah, we don't yet know yeah. the full ratings. Exactly. Um, so that's unfortunate. Um, but I get it. I got to say, I get it. Just because, you know, part of it is our reaction to this one when we mm. found out we were coming here. I barely remembered it. Um, it's also 
in structure, it's remarkably similar to the episode that immediately precedes it, which is Empress of Mars, which has sort of uh, groups of people banding together against uh, uh, an enemy. It has caves. It has uh, sort of militaristic um, overtones to it. It's very, like, in other words, like, they're so similar, I had trouble thinking about which Mm. one was which and which scenes came from which episode. They Um, do feel like a duology, don't they? And then there's there's a lot of reference to the last one. There's a reference to the fact that, you know, Nardole wants us to get back to the vault now, but he didn't want to leave Mars. He was interested in Mars, but he's not interested in Scotland. Um, Mm. Yes. By the way, this is an extremely Scottish episode (laughs) of Doctor Who, which means I'm going to foist my Scottish accent on you. Um, But Scotland, I mean, you think how Doctor Who is a very Scottish show. Right, and, yeah, and Eaters of Light made me realize this because I was thinking back to, like, just all, all through the doc, like the Doctor's uh, longest running companion, Jamie McCrinnan, uh, mm-hmm. was from Scotland, and uh, the Highlanders, and uh, you know, I guess that was the last time we went to Scotland before this, in a, in a, or at least Scottish Scottish history before this, but uh, maybe, yeah, but this is extremely Scottish. I mean, first of all, let me unpack your comment for a bit. Why? Why do you mm-hmm. think? And I think I know the answer to this. But why? Why do you think Doctor Who is such a such a Scottish show? Uh, well, first of all, the, the connections to Scotland. We, we've had two Scottish doctors. Right. Uh, we've had, uh, you know, Amy is very Scottish, and uh, you know, we, we have uh, Moffat. Are you counting, wait a minute. Who are you counting as the two Scottish doctors, by the way? Just so um, McCoy, right? Yes. Okay. One and Capaldi. Sure. Yes. Even though yeah. Tennant is technically Tennant is technically, <laughs> but he's he's a traitor. The doctor, the doctor isn't. No. Yeah. He's a traitor. He's 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 gone all Cockney. He's gone yeah. all uh, uh, Mary Poppins, which is why they uh, reference him as Dick Van Dyke. And, uh, <laughs> the doctor. Um, yeah, so so there's that there's sort of, sort of those hidden connections, right? It's also very Scottish because it's set in uh, uh, lots of grey skies, and uh, <laughs> that's actually the reference here. Uh, Nardole has a lot of good Scottish references in in this in this episode, and one of them is the the idea that the the eater of light like sucks the sunlight out of people, and right. he says, "Oh yeah, death by Scotland." Um, so, and it also just yeah. feels very Scottish. It's about a, a traveling man and the Scottish do love to travel all over the world. And, uh, you know, that's one thing they're known for, uh, getting the hell out of Scotland. Uh, so the doctor is very like, the doctor's a mostly a cranky old man for, for most of his yeah. tenure. Uh, I well, mean, he- with, with very Scottish names, I mean, William Hartnell. You know, he sounds like some Scottish lad. And, <laughs> well, I gotta uh, say, Troughton, lots of trout in there. <laughs> sure. In Loch Ness, yeah. Uh, by the way, I think your your accent's much better than Martel's, <laughs> which he tried, <laughs> I think, for a second in this. Um, but yeah, I, I, I gotta say, I think this being Capaldi's last season, but also mm. Stephen Moffat, speaking of cross Scottish people, Scottish. Scots, cross Scots, Capaldi mm-hmm. and uh, Moffat being the last. I think they just let it rip in this last season. You know what I mean? Not just in this episode, this one in particular. Let's get all our Scottish uh, jonesing out right here. But also, like throughout this season, there are Scottish jokes. 
uh, and just the general behavior of Capaldi, I think he really hits his stride fully here in this season where he's he's kind of got still got those uh, undertones of his you know initial persona of being you know cross and alien but that the, the warmth that, that bill in particular brings out of him hmm. is there and it's it's a very good balance uh where it's, it's in other words it's more appealing and affable as opposed to his early episodes where it was just seemed alien and off-putting Yes. Well, of course. We speaking of Scottish, we we had that moment in uh, in Deep Breath where it is revealed that Capaldi mm. is going to be a Scottish Doctor who talks Scottish. And of course, this this references the theory that I have that the Doctor is influenced by the last person he spoke to before his regeneration. You know, right. uh, he, he will adopt their accent. And Amy was the last person who the Matt Smith Doctor saw, at least in vision form, and so decides to adopt her accent. Um, but it did feel with the, oh, I'm Scottish, I can complain about things. Like this was some, <laughs> like if there was a Moffat master plan, it was to make Doctor Who more Scottish. <laughs> right? He's just, he's there to very slowly, you know, increase the Scottish representation in the show. And then this is final season. And in the, in this, his penultimate story, he's just kind of mm-hmm. going for it. Yeah. Um, and do you know the, the great irony of this? <laughs> is Tell that me. uh so this this episode deals with the mystery of the the ninth legion right the right. ninth roman legion which uh disappeared there was a movie that bill Afri- actually references having seen a movie and read a book mm-hmm. and chances are that she's talking about the eagle okay um which actually there were two movies in the 2010s two major movies um, to reference the Ninth Legion. One was the Eagle, and the other one was uh, Centurion. And, okay. you know, so you people as varied as Channing Tatum. I wonder if she's seen Ch- Centurion, by the way, because, interesting Doctor Who note, uh, Noel Clark is in it. Oh, so interesting. So she's referencing seeing that. Then uh, she's seen a guy who looks remarkably like Mickey Smith uh, <laughs> on screen. Um but yeah, so so uh, the Eagle was based on a 1950s novel about the Ninth Legion, which sort of popularized this notion that the Ninth Legion had gone missing in Scotland, which is actually, right. uh, so far as we know, not true. Oh my! Uh, if they yeah. did go missing. <laughs> they did go missing. Just well, they Scotland? didn't. They didn't actually go missing. It's oh, just that that they that we sort of. Um, you know, this is the popularity. So it was a 1954 novel, The Eagle of the Ninth. Uh, the Legion is said to have marched into Caledonia, which is what Scotland used to be called, and okay. was never heard of again. However, we now have uh, inscriptions of the Ninth Legion, or the Ninth Spanish Legion, to give them their full title, okay. um, that they were in uh, the Netherlands. There's a, a legionary base in the <laughs> Netherlands after their supposed uh, death in Britain. Oh wow! So they just said, "Screw this! Let's get on a yeah. trireme and <laughs> zip yeah. over to uh, the mainland." It, it may have been just a detachment of the legion. It may not have been the whole legion. But this is the problem with history, and this is why mm. you know it is totally reasonable and rational that the, the doctor would just go swanning about in in Earth history because there's so many mysteries to unlock and so little uh, written evidence to go on. Hmm. And and this this is certainly the case of that. But yeah, the the, the ninth legion was supposed to have gone missing in Scotland, but they couldn't. Uh, you know, we we don't we don't think that historians don't think that anymore. 
So the Doctor was a bit out of date. Uh, mm. Bill was a bit out of date. And uh, it's sort of weird. Um, you know, I, I, sure would that- have, I would have liked to see kind of uh, a bit where Bill says something like, oh, you know, I'll... I'll bet it's just like my book or what my book says happened. And mm. like I said, that actually never, and then he probably, he would stop himself remembering like robot. I'm sure would actually never mind. You know what I mean? Like actually sometimes <laughs> the story books are right. Like story, yes. you know, that would be pretty funny. Uh, Cause I, that's, you know, this is another time where he's like taking a companion back to check out a historical thing. Uh, yep. And we so recently did robot of Sherwood. I was thinking it would have been, int- it would have been fun to have them make that connection, but uh, the, they didn't bother. <laughs> Indeed. So the Ninth Legion definitely participated in the invasion of Caledonia. Um, much more interesting. Like we, you know, there was a lot of there was a lot of fighting. They, they were definitely um, ambushed by the Caledonians, uh, who I'm not sure were called Picts back then, even though the the show describes them as Picts. Uh, hmm. The last time we find them in Britain is at York, which is much further south. The Ninth Legion, you mean? Uh, yes, exactly. That, that's oh wow. The, the, the last activity uh, that they were, you know, their activity there was recorded on a stone tablet, which was discovered in the 19th century. Um, okay. But it's actually, there would have been a much more interesting time to drop in on the Ninth Legion, and that would be when they were fighting uh, Boudicca, or Bodicea, as she used to be known, the, the famous uh, British leader who kind of, you know, uh, was very successful in her campaign against the Roman invasion and had a rebellion in 61. Mm-hmm. And they tried to besiege Colchester, which was a huge Roman city, huge center of Roman um, uh, activity, and were all but esca- all but massacred by, uh, by Boudicca's forces in uh, the year 61, and with only oh, the cavalry from the Legion escaping. Those sieges are tough, man. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't have one of those big horses and... The people inside are, are a little a little bit savvy, even if you do, yeah. you're, you're out of luck for a lot of the time. But whatever happened there, we know that the Legion was was reformed after it. They just got some fresh recruits, mm. and they just kept on keeping on. Conscripted um, some of the locals. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, that that is how the Romans operated, yeah. right? They, they absorbed local cultures. They said, hey, your gods are now our gods. You know, your, your god, uh, big guy in sky, is now called Jupiter. And everyone was like, well, cool, I guess. And uh, they, they got absorbed that way. So, Except for the Caledonians. Yeah. So of course, Hadrian's Scotland. Wall. Scotland. They were pushed beyond Scotland. Uh, up in Scotland and, and never never gave up. Um, so there's so, less of a mystery that is led on here, I guess. Yes. And then, but I guess, I, to, how do we reconcile that? Do we say that those other oddities that you mentioned were just parts of the Ninth Legion? Maybe, and then the bulk of it still went to Caledonia and got massacred by weird tentacle light things, light eating <laughs> monsters. Yeah, but but then reformed, uh, I guess, uh, or an attachment escaped. Or before. yeah, someone someone in a very clever ruse decided to adopt the identity of the Ninth Legion, perhaps mm, knowing. Mm-hmm. Um, Knowing that they were, you know, maybe the, the, something was passed on from the survivors here that they'd all been massacred. Uh, and so then people just saw the opportunity, you know, like, maybe, oh, I can the maybe the doctor himself or herself at some point decides to uh, yeah. reform or accidentally ends up reforming the Ninth Legion 
Yeah. Uh, and and that's uh, you know maybe that's a that's a future show or a big finish. Yeah, maybe it's a uh, a thing where it's like she mentions just to some Romans wandering around. You know, the Ninth Legion. It's not what what year is it? Okay, it's not being used. You can use that one. Yeah, so, no, you go ahead. Say you're the Ninth. Well, maybe we just like you know Jody's in the TARDIS. She's like reading through history. She's like reading the latest historical papers because I'm sure that the Doctor subscribes to. Uh, you know, lots of uh, special interest historical magazines to figure out where to go next. Um, you know, reads a paper on like, oh, hey, the Ninth Legion survived. Realizes, oh, crap, this is a paradox. I've got to go yeah. reform the Ninth Legion. The big finished adventure writes itself. Boom. Love it. Hey, I was wondering, what did you like about, did you like the crow stuff? Yeah, that, so that's interesting. I didn't yeah. mention that uh, it's sort of wrapped up with the cold open, which I should reveal for those of you who've forgotten that the cold open is just a young girl in modern day Britain runs up to the the can, the the uh, the circle of stones, and uh, the, there's a crow that starts yelling "Doctor" as we see a uh, the TARDIS is inscribed on the stones, and that's the that's the cold open. Yeah, I um, gotta say, like if one, it's probably one of the worst cold opens in that it doesn't really do the job. Yeah. yeah. It, it's kind of like the outline of a cold open. You're kind of giving mm. these hints that there's some kind of danger or something, but nothing is ever really stated or made clear. Um, there's no stakes. It's just like, Hey, girl goes to thing. The other kid makes some mention of ghost legend, uh, pan down to TARDIS inscription on, on stone, Cut, cut to credits like okay I, I that's a little something but you got to give me a little yeah. more there to be really like omg i need to be still tuned to this program by the time these credits are done <laughs> you know if i'm just a casual viewer yeah stephen moffat's um uh test for always always for that was like imagine i'm a viewer and i've got a date with someone really hot and the date starts now Mm-hmm. Like I have to set off during the show. What is going to make me sit in front of the screen? What's going to make me stay there, even though I've got a date? Um, and uh, not, yeah, not sure this do does it. It doesn't, it doesn't do it at do all. It. it did remind me of uh, the beginning of the Pandorica opens, right, where you got uh, Van Gogh going mad, and uh, turns out you know he's painted picture of the TARDIS kind of you know exploding all over the place right mm. the, the stakes and that are immediately clear yeah. like, first of all we know van gogh from the previous episode we care about him um but but also like the tardis is being destroyed it's not just randomly etched in stone yeah uh, yeah i mean there's any number of ones intact yeah like you, mm. you want those stakes you want the urgency it's it's just not really here and i gotta say this might be a little ju- just me but i'm i'm as as a human I'm I'm fairly trained to kind of not listen closely to the utterances of animals. Okay, so maybe I didn't have enough pets growing up or to encounter other kids, but I I just I didn't even get that the crow was saying doctor. I I hate, I hate you know yeah yeah, but it's, it's kind of like it's just making noise. You know, you're a crow, you're making noises that sort of sound like doctor. I guess mm. maybe in hindsight, but I didn't even it didn't even click in me. Um, yeah, yeah I, so, so the crow story, spoiler alert, is that uh, the the leader of the Picts is called Car, and crows crows can actually talk. They actually talk to all humans until this point, where they are so you know desirous of us remembering Car that that's that they will just repeat her name for all eternity. And crows are not <laughs> not just grumpy, as the as the doctor said, he's wrong. The crows are not Scottish. 
they're just repeating her name. <laughs> just, the Scottish bias. Yeah, exactly. Totally. But I just, you know, like again, I don't want to zero in too much on the 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 crow thing because it's just kind of cute window dressing to the episode. But mm. it is one of those things if you if you do stop and think about it for a second. Well, wait a minute. Like, are are you serious? Crows can talk and are intelligent beings. And you know, he he said this about other animals before and various other things. I mean, it's funny. It's it's interesting. I mean, it's in a story building kind of sense, mm. but. Uh, I I prefer to think of this more as just he is being funny in the same way he speaks baby yeah. and all the utterances of the crows. And again, I, it doesn't quite work here because it's a little too much tied to the story, but I feel like you could, re- you can write it off as like, it's all just coincidence. And mm. everyone here is just reading too much into what crows are saying or doing at any particular time. I mean, I don't know. Maybe this is me to take a step back again finding that divided line dividing line between fans in the same way either you take he's fighting robin hood seriously with a spoon or you don't or you take crows can actually talk and are intelligent being seriously or you don't and i'd i'd prefer to not i'd prefer to be on the don't Mm. side like uh that's a little it's a little too much to, to think that the the crows are all smart uh and just trying to honor someone and, and are actually yeah. like this intelligent race on earth. Cause it just opens up too many questions and <laughs> holes. In I'm, other not, thing. I'm not too annoyed by that big fan of Douglas Adams and, uh, you know, thinking of the mice and the dolphins, this, this definitely seems like it's along those lines, right? That there are more intelligent species than us. They just sort of choose to hide it. I like that idea. And crows yeah. definitely a good candidate for that. Well, I'm kind of like this is why I'm saying like you you get out of the show what you want to, right? Like I'm mm. not I'm not going to sit and argue in a screaming match with someone who wants to believe that the crows are in the Doctor Who universe intelligent beings. Yeah. Go ahead, and believe that. I'm just going to in, my, in what I think constitutes Doctor <laughs> Who and good Doctor Who. I'm going to believe in my Doctor universe that this is all just kind of made up. <laughs> well right now no i i like it i'll take it as canon i mean uh, crows <laughs> appear although we, we do have to then go to any other appearances of crows in doctor who which maybe our listeners can write in and tell us any other time that uh, crow has featured um but i, I kind of yeah. i also like it as a a an aid de memoir and a sort of a a marker point of where we are in cultural history uh because this was uh, broadcast in 2017 and this was prime Game of Thrones time, right? Mm, true. And that's the other thing about this episode. It feels very much like Doctor Who responding to Game of Thrones. Like it has that kind yeah. of sort of the same look, mm-hmm. same sort of washed out look, the same sort of, you know, epic sweep of the landscape and the crows slash mm-hmm. ravens, uh, you know. The, the the one phrase when I when I'm 96 and I cannot remember anything else about Game of Thrones, I will still remember the Rose Leslie saying the line "Shut it, crow," <laughs> uh, which I actually do say to crows now. Uh, anytime I see one, and we, we do have a, do a lot around me here. And in, the, in the, oh, well, here in the Bay Area, we actually have a, a, a family of crows like right outside my window, and they often harass hawks. Uh, so crows are assholes. Yeah, uh, I, I get to see this a lot, and so that they'll they'll sit and just sort of caw at you for no reason, as crows do. And I just I like to let them have their say, and then just go shut it, crow. But everything you said about the Game of Thrones era of Doctor Who really mm. rings true. Obviously, the previous season had uh, Busy Williams, and you know mm. that that was a huge 
um, influence as well. They also had Face the Raven, if you think about it. Like there's yes, this kind of an obsession with birds and this kind of imagery. There's a lot of caves. It's particularly in this one, you have the war paint on mm. all over the uh, on the Picts and you know the Roman legion. I mean, it's all there, right? So swords and not quite sandals, but um, haggis, I guess. <laughs> and bagpipes right which is um so <laughs> we we should mention the we should get into the missy uh sure. coda to the story so it turns out they get back to the tardis missy has been there long she's been doing essential maintenance on the engines and she's she's bio locked out of the controls which is mm-hmm. i don't know how the doctor didn't think the master wasn't going to get around that um hmm. but well there's but there's she, sort of precedent for the master not being able to get through TARDIS yeah. limitations that the doctor can, like the um the paradox machine and sound of drums and uh, all the things they do there. So like they they can't the doctor the master can't actually go outside yeah. of the two time zones in yeah. the TARDIS. So that was, So but it turns out that Missy is uh, has been watching the whole adventure and is pretending to not be affected. Um, but when, when she hears the music, so, so part of the plot is that the music will always play through this portal, right? You will Mm. always, if you go near the stones, you will still to this day hear the haunting sounds of the Picts and the ninth legion as they, you know, defend through the rest of the time, uh, against these like whatever, (laughs) but the music is bagpipes and, um, I don't know how you feel about bagpipes, but the, (laughs) I mean, in a I way, it, is, over. it yeah. is fitting that uh, the one kind of music that would make this diabolically evil person cry and and think is so sweet is bagpipes. But I think you right. have to deal with the fact that bagpipes are sort of famously bad <laughs> as, as an instrument, right? As a form of music. They are an acquired taste. Uh, I don't want to offend our Scottish listeners any more than uh, I already have with my attempt at an accent. Uh, I should say that I'm, I'm a Geordie, by the way, I was brought up in the Northeast of England and the, the jocks and the Geordies, they, they call it, you know, the, the, the intense cross border rivalry has existed for <laughs> centuries. So You're uh, a Geordie, I, I'm a data. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm also a Scouser. I'm also like Dan. I'm hey, speaking of good born, bagpipes yeah. in science fiction, yeah. though, Star Trek II The Wrath of Khan is probably what sort of persuaded me that bagpipes are actually okay. But I think bagpipes oh, yeah. are only good in sort of those super dramatic yeah. life or death things, which I guess this is. It's just it never quite feels that way because of the way sort of the forgettableness of the episode. By the way, do you when were bagpipes first invented? Or does, is second century, is that would that even work? Oh God! I mean, that sounds doable. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I don't know. I I, by it the now. way, I'm, I, yeah. Let's let's Google it while while I say that the, the reason that they sound good in uh, Star Trek: Wrath of Khan is that uh, we have actually perf- perfected bagpipes by the 24th century. Um, <laughs> Finally. So apparently, yeah. they've been around since a thousand BC. So that's entirely okay. accurate. That if yes. they had bagpipes. In uh, uh, 120 AD, I think it is, right? So, all good yeah, there. Checks out, Stephen Moffat. And it may even have distracted the Ninth Legion enough to have them be killed by the, the Eater of Light. Yeah, um, I'll go with that. <laughs> yeah. um, so, speaking of the sacrifice, speaking of the battle, can we talk about the monster? 
and just kind of how forgettable it is again along with everything else in this episode it just seems like generic doctor who monster thing that i forget quite what's in the portal but it looks like there's all these creatures floating around the thing and if they come out they're gonna eat all the light which means to say the stars and yes uh, as as i alluded to earlier it just seems like a really you, did you really have to make it threatening threatening the entire space-time continuum? It, it, did, were those stakes really necessary here? I feel like if you do that too often, then it just sounds like nonsense every time. And well, I yeah. think it does sound like nonsense here. Plus the monsters themselves, you just, I mean, I guess they're just animals that do this, which is fine, but it's also like, hmm. there's no like real evil plot. The design isn't yeah. that great. And even what they do to people, uh, again, they, they they show the the legion that was slaughtered, but mm. you know Bill makes out pretty well. Like no one is caught in. I, I mean, I, to my knowledge, I, I'd have to remember the episode, but no, I, I don't remember anything really horrific happening to someone on screen. No, no, like, no. Bill like. gets hit in the shoulder, I believe, right. but there's there's no nobody dies on screen mm. in this episode, right? Uh, which is something the randomizer has been interested in lately. Also, some, the randomizer took us straight here from Terminus, which is another sort of, well, that escalated quickly moment of, <laughs> oh, the whole universe is in danger now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> because of, you know, uh, if you didn't listen to the Terminus episode, that, that uh, casually throws in the Big Bang, yeah. uh, the cause of the Big Bang and uh, the potential death of the universe from... Uh, one ship that happens to be sitting in the middle of the universe. So I guess this is sort of the equivalent of that. It's like, oh, it's going to get out. It's going to eat all of you Picts and Scots. And wait, it's going to it's going to eat everyone. It's going to eat the Earth. It's going to eat the sun. It's going to eat the universe. <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah, that escalated like, back quickly. up. Back up. Hold on. <laughs> and I got to say, like, you just don't never quite feel it as much as it's talked mm. about because I, I the one thing I would compare this to, which didn't ne- unnecessarily raise the stakes that much, was uh, Planet of the Dead, when mm. the Doctor and uh, Lady Christina and everybody else goes to this planet, and they slowly uh, work out this dead planet they're on actually used to be a thriving civilization that was essentially eaten by these weird sort of manta ray bug thing. I forget exactly what they look like, but I remember that th- the idea of that being very kind of scary. Because obviously their next mm-hmm. target was going to be Earth, and they just seemed like this unstoppable force. And the way they expressed that, it worked. And here, even though the stakes are higher, even, and it's a very similar type of thing the monsters doing, I, I just comparably, I'm just like eh, I, I had real trouble caring. So, yeah, um, it's another one of those cases where you're like, you know, uh, Doctor Who has invented so many monsters over the years. Please just reuse one. Yeah. Instead of making up something new from scratch, you know, you could still just just give this thing a different name, and that would give us as as old school fans something to hang on to, some connection to draw, um, you know. And and why not, right? Why not just at least build, build this stuff up a little bit? Um, By the speaking, way, did they did they ever explain why the portal was created in the first place? Like how this happened? They don't, and yeah. and maybe that's the answer to the Clara Splinter question. Oh, is, Ooh, yes. yeah, let's get there. Where's Clara we, in this whole? Uh, yeah, yeah. Mess. So, so long time <laughs> listeners know that 
Clara, we we treat the Clara Splinter as a, uh, you know, as a scene in the Name of the Doctor, where she goes through that the Doctor's entire timeline. Um, we treat that as a plot hole cleaner upper, and uh, yeah, in this case, I think that that Clara was this Clara Splinter was was a Pict who lived many years earlier and helped to seal the. Um, the the eater of light and the stones when it first came through hmm. i guess okay there's some sort of mention about how they've done that in the past but it's not explained so yeah that that's the biggest plot hole that she can clean up yeah i was that i was with you there too uh mm. she had something to do with the original rift or was like maybe the first person to fight these things um yeah. I, the only other thing i have is that she kept it overcast somehow <laughs> like smoke signals i guess as a local picked and yeah. you know making sure that the the creature could not uh revive itself from solar energy so one yes, or the other death, death by scotland <laughs> as, as anyone who's ever lived in scotland and I, as i have knows the the way to ensure a a gray day is to constantly talk about how sunny and nice it was supposed to be in the forecast yeah uh, and you're not carrying an umbrella and you're not carrying a big coat uh, so yeah, Clark just, uh, this version of Clark just go around the entire time so, and uh, talk yeah. optimistically about the weather. So I, I, I've been probably not super fair to this episode and been picking at it a bit. I'd really like to talk, take some time to talk about what I really liked about this episode. Mm-hmm. And one of them is Bill. I really like Bill. I mean, there's not really many episodes where I don't like her. I think she is one of the better companions of the new series. Uh, certainly in, in my top three, I would say. And yeah. I really like uh, her approach to things. I also like that she really kind of learns as she goes, she evolves. And this being kind of her penultimate adventure, it, uh, unless mm-hmm. you got twice, twice upon a time, uh, but regardless, it's toward the ends of her run. And yeah. she's really coming into her own as a very doctor-like companion. Like she's a fully formed companion now in the way that she talks to the, the Legionnaires in the cave and she talks about them being scared and that being human and just her overall, the way she ends her speech, which is very doctor like. And she says like, look, I can't guarantee you're going to be okay or we're all going to make it out of this, but I can guarantee if you come with me, you're not going to die in a cave, you know, like, and I, I really like that. Like, that's just such a good, like she's a leader. She's stepped up and become a leader of these people. And it seems right for that character. It seems right for that character in her journey. And it's one yeah. of the sort of few moments where you're kind of standing up and cheering. So like go Pearl Mackey and go Bill. And it's such a nice contrast from, from Clara, right? Her, her predecessor mm. who, and we talked about this when we went to face the Raven. And again, when we went to hell bent, that, that Clara's problem was that she became too doctorish in an right. arrogant way. Right. And what you're talking about is, a companion becoming the good kind of doctorish yeah. and, you know, ending up leading the locals as she says <laughs> about the doctor. What I love about charge. Bill, she is so perspicacious. She so gets, you know, not just the doctor's bullshit, but also like how these adventures work, how the TARDIS works. She points out flaws like the chairs being far away from the console. You know, mm. we were just at smile recently and we have to say, this is the randomizer's favorite season. Right. In, yes. in terms of num we've we've covered I, I looked at we've covered fifty percent of this season, which oh, is wow. huge. Yeah. Considering we're not even we're less than twenty five percent of the way into our random adventure as a whole. Like there's something about season ten that the randomizer mm-hmm. just can't get enough of. And and it may be Bill. It may be the fact that she instantly 
you know, she did a lot of it in Smile. She she understood things about the dog that she didn't understand. He doesn't understand himself, like why he keeps it in the form of a, keeps the TARDIS in the form of a police box. Here, she understands that the TARDIS translates for you, and yeah. she calls it auto translate, which is a wonderful updating. Um, yep. and notes that they the TARDIS even does lip sync, right. Which, Which is the kind of thing that, yeah. that we as Who fans have been noticing from our couches for years and saying as jokes to each other. And here it is in in the show. It is now canon, the TARDIS lip syncs. Yeah, it's, it's finally said out loud, which was cool. Mm. I think this is the first mention of actually, I, I could be wrong. So correct me, fans, if, if I'm wrong. But yeah, it's the first time someone notices that. Uh, which is cool, and I, I honestly don't think that needs any further explanation. I mean, I could, your headcanon could come all the way, the rest mm-hmm. of the way on that one. That's fine. Um, but it yeah, is very similar to, there, there is, Donna does point something out about this in um, Fires of Pompeii, actually, to mention another Roman episode. Uh, she, it is noted that she sounds like she's talking Celt. She's talking Celtic, right? When, when she says right. something that isn't, easily understood understandable by a latin speaker she yeah. just sounds like she's caught, talking celtic gibberish right uh yeah. so that's part of the plot but yeah even donna who you would think would notice the lip syncing thing doesn't so bill's ahead of her on that there's a weird i i remember the first time they actually talked about this i don't remember the scene exactly but i know it's in uh, the mask of mandragora when sarah notices it and uh, what's I don't think ever been clarified. I don't ever, I don't think they ever need to. Honestly, is that I, I, as again? Correct me if I'm wrong, fans. But I believe the twist there is that because she notices it, that's how the doctor knows he she's been manipulated. So there's sort of a weird perception filter to it that I don't think exists anymore. You know what I mean? Like it's it's kind of mm. like. Uh, it, part and parcel of the translation is there's a perception filter that there's nothing weird about everything being translated. And now uh, I think it's better this way because it's a way the show can, again, through a new companion every couple of years, re-explain why everybody speaks English. I think that's completely fine, yeah. uh, especially when you can do it in such a fun and uh, you know sort of winsome way that Bill does here. Uh, yeah, it is in it a is, way that brings it home to a new generation. Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm sort of glad that they forgot about that along with temporal grace. Um, <laughs> so other things I like, I mean, just the writing in general, I think at this point, you know, Moffat, Capaldi, uh, the staff, I mean, they're, they're really hitting their stride. I don't know how many of these asides were Ronan Monroe, how many were Moffat inserting or the mm-hmm. script editor, but like things like uh, if you want to win a war, remember, it's not about you. Um, there's the bit where, uh, the doctor talks about where let's run into, I'm going to run into maximum danger or let me and you and uh, him and Nardle. And it's like, well, if Bill's not there, we'll know she's safe. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I thought like, I like the lot, the doctor who adventuring logic of that. It's like, let's just yep. go to the most dangerous thing. And she's probably just there. But if right she's, not, she's fine. You know, like, yeah. it's like, okay. It's that not makes- like there'll be a second most dangerous thing. Yeah. It'll only be one dangerous thing out there. And and there's the bit also about the everyone in the universe sounding like children to the doctor, where, you mm-hmm. know, particularly when all the groups sort of come together. And again, very, very insightful writing. Uh, it's clever and funny, but it's also like, well, yeah, of course they would. He's thousands of years old. He's seen it all. And he uh, constantly has to reteach 
lessons to various groups of people about you know the futility of violence and that kind of stuff yeah so that makes a ton of sense to me um yeah it's it's a good episode for nardole and i don't say that very hmm. often i i think that nardole is not one of my favorite companions uh, i feel like it was a bit bit wasted or just didn't fit properly or just like nardole is too much matt lucas like it's just right. matt lucas and you're just you've just given him this other name um matt lucas wasn't really well known over here before bake-off right before great british bake-off uh kind of made him <laughs> a celebrity uh, <laughs> i think did. well i will tell I you that really one of the, one of one of the more popular uh matchable stories of the last year was when we we did an opinion piece that basically said matt lucas shouldn't be on bake-off anymore he's kind of not not the right not the right host he's too distracting he's too doing his own thing um and i sort of uh, felt like that about our doll uh, yeah. often but here he totally works like the you know and he does stuff in the script that that, that no other companion could do uh you know he talks uh casually about uh you know other disappearances and mysteries and mary celeste and uh he mm. uh you know we see the face paint that's been put on and see time passing and then there's the uh, the popcorn he's carrying around this popcorn mm. uh that that is unpopped and it allows the doctor to have this wonderful, it's Chuck Off's popcorn, basically. <laughs> the doctor has this wonderful scene where he's like, I'd like it very much if you could jump out of your skins now. So not all and I can explain, escape in the confusion. I love that. I love when the doctor explains his plan, you know, and then obviously throws the popcorn on the fire. There's great confusion. They escape. Yeah. Um, Good moment, for sure. Wonderful moment, wonderful moment. So, yes, cheers to Nardole on this. He gets a lot of good lines. He gets the Death by Scotland line. Um, and it actually feels like he has a purpose in being there. And also he can be outraged at the end when he finds that Missy was in the TARDIS all along. Yeah, and the Missy stuff's really good. Um, uh, really good, honestly. And uh, just to get a quick aside on that, I... I was more angered by it. This not that not this like the Missy arc in this season. As much as you know, I might have issues with the vault and stuff. It's is very very good, and mm. uh, it just in uh, knowing what happened later with the master and basically Chibnall brought him back and for just ignored all of this mm. uh, makes me angry. Honestly, like I feel like there yeah. was a lot happening here. And to your point about I forget what we were talking about at the time. Uh, I think we we're talking about what speculated what rtd is going to do in coming seasons but mm. you really need to go with yes and in terms of yeah. responding to what came before it's it's more like that sort of improv rule yes and i mean don't just gloss over you know the valyard's a thing <laughs> you know like like you yeah. don't have to do it but if you're going to do stuff you should probably talk about the valyard or whatever right like i mean don't just yeah, ignore mention it if you can yeah, yeah if you can if it makes sense but just yeah, it, you're going to throw around. You know, it's Doctor Who. You're going to throw around a lot of confusing stuff for a casual audience. Anyway, it might as well make it confusing stuff that actually references the show's history and uh, characters that we've cared about, versions of the Doctor, whatever. Um, yeah. Speaking of versions of the Doctor, uh, one of the more intriguing lines that he drops in here is that he was a Vestal Virgin second class. <laughs> uh, you take that one. <laughs> yeah, so I've <laughs> been looking up uh, Vessel Virgins. Um, okay. There were a maximum... You just do that every Friday night or so. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I go on VestalVirgin.com, and uh, it's amazing how many of them there are. But in ancient Rome, there were just seven, and um, oh. they were very important. So, you know, being a Vessel Virgin second class, 
not not a thing, first of all, so far as we know, a a second class of Vestal Virgin. Uh, but also that that would make him, or you would have to say her. You know, perhaps this is a previous female regeneration of the Doctor, uh, unless he was really <laughs> astonishingly good at disguise. Uh, they were supposed to be. Uh, they were supposed to enter during puberty and be sworn to celibacy for thirty years, which oh Jeez. yeah, that's like which, your entire life back then. Yeah, or like the entire classic run of the show, pretty much. Uh, mm. You know, during which the Doctor was was certainly uh, very celibate, so far as we know. Hmm. Um, <laughs> but yes, uh, six maximum. There was there w- there was some sort of t- to replace a vestal who died. Uh, you know, like a mid-season vessel virgin replacement. Uh, you didn't have to be a prepubescent girl. You didn't even have to be a virgin. Mm. Um, so I'm thinking that's how the doctor got in. I see. Um, uh, you know, you could even be a widow or a divorcee. Um, yeah. So, so that's that's the mm-hmm. you know the maybe theory. they created a second class position just for him slash her. Um, or he just or, made it up. <laughs> or the doctor lies. <laughs> the doctor or lies. rule one, the doctor lies and just likes to, you know, fry Nardole's circuitry by talking about having been a vessel virgin. Yeah, yeah. I think I might go with that one. Sorry, I'm the killjoy and all the fun <laughs> things here that could happen. No, I did love yeah. the popcorn. Uh, crows don't speak. The doctor isn't a vestal virgin. Come on, Pete. <laughs> Come on, Mr. Fun Police. You've got to give me more if I'm going with it. Um, but ultimately, like, I think to come down on the sort of overall takeaway here. And um, I, I'm not going to go with, you know, we have our rating system. Maybe it's time to go to that mm. where mm. is this a Dalek? Is it an Ogron? Is it a banger by count or otherwise? Um, <laughs> I would say it's the most banal Dalek out there. Yeah. It's like two down from the guy in the lead who's doing all the talking and he's competently exterminating things, but you really don't care if he's there or not. And I feel like this is this should be good Doctor Who. On paper, it seems like good Doctor Who. Like it's almost like a textbook story. You got some moralistic storytelling. There's a historical setting. There's a monster in this historical thing that adds an interesting quirk that is supposed to raise the stakes. That's all very Doctor Who-ish. Um, but it it just doesn't come together. It's it's it, maybe it's because the monster's a nothing burger. Maybe it's because it was repetitive of the episode that just came previously. My view is that when it's all resolved at the end, there's there's no ambiguity, right? I mean, people come together to defeat the monster. There's no there's nothing to ruminate on. There's nothing to think mm-hmm. about. Like, oh, that made me either think or feel or. Um, had some visceral quality to it that I could take away from this. It's all just, oh yeah, yeah, that happened, and now let's see what's going to happen in the next thing. Oh wow, the Missy's doing a thing. Great, let's let's move on, and it just completely evaporates from your head, and uh, it's too yeah. bad because there is a lot of good writing here. I mean, not not every Doctor Who story can be a Viscount banger. Um, <laughs> we know that, by the way. For if you're just tuning in, Viscount banger is the name of Lala Ward's father. Uh, she she is of the aristocracy and and we just love that name so much. We've introduced it into our rating system. I'm sure that our rating system will grow as as the show evolves. Um, but yeah, you you can't you almost can't have it. You kind of need something a little low key before you enter the astonishing finale yeah. of World's Enough and Time and the Doctor Falls. 
Right. Um, if this had been any better, it might have, you know, risked outshining that because you really need it to sort of be, oh, it's just an average adventure that Missy is watching. By the way, maybe another reason the randomizer took us here is the randomizer likes it when Time Lords watch the Doctor's adventures, as we found out when it took us to the first trial of a Time Lord, uh, which was basically mm. just the Time Lords watch an episode of Doctor Who. <laughs> uh, <coughs> That's basically what's going on here, except it's Missy watches an episode of Doctor Who, discovers she's really gets emotional about bagpipes, and uh, mm. becomes more more human because of it. So I like that it has a rationale to exist. I like that it drives the Doctor Who legend forward in a number of intriguing ways. I like that it gives you you know little mind bombs like crows can speak and the Doctor was a Vestal Virgin, and you can do with that what you will um, or not. It doesn't. Or not. It doesn't, you know, and, and that's part of the joy of Doctor Who. You get to do with it whatever you want. Um, but it, it doesn't feel like a waste of space entirely. Yes. Uh, you know, it did, it did make me look up the Ninth Legion. You know, I wasn't aware of the history of the Ninth Legion before, and I wasn't aware that there were two movies, one starring Channing Tatum, um, about the Ninth one Legion star- in the last... Unless I call it Firth, I believe, right? I hadn't seen it either. Uh, but, yeah. I don't think it was called Firth. Who is the Centurion? Uh, Let's look it up. We're doing it right yeah. now in real time. We're doing it live. Centurion film uh, 2010. Michael Fassbender? That's it. Fassbender was oh, in Oh, yeah. And there you go. Dominic West from The Wire. And No Clock. And uh, Riz Ahmed and David Morrissey, the next Doctor, was in it my, my, as well, my. making it even more confusing if if Bill watched it. Nice. Um, Speaking of fast, yeah. I just saw Steve Jobs finally. <laughs> uh, yeah, that <laughs> Great was performance. Yeah, that performance. is issues. Okay, that's yeah. now now I'm really opening up a rabbit hole. So we're going <laughs> to close it immediately. As that's right. Next it. podcast. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm glad Eaters of Light exists. Don't get me wrong. Mm. I, I don't think it's an ogron. I, I don't think it's a waste of time. If, even if only for that scene where Bill rises to the occasion and the bit where she's talking to the soldiers, I thought all of that was very good, very satisfying. Um, it, it does something on her journey. Um, I just and I, coming from Terminus, I have to say, coming direct to this from Terminus yeah. <laughs> is what we wow. needed. That we needed a palate cleanser after after Terminus too. That's a good way know. to think about it. Palate cleanser, I like that. Yeah. We've 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 had a sip of water, and I'm ready for some fine wine. And whenever you're ready, Chris, <laughs> I'm happy to activate the randomizer uh, because right. we've we've uh, you know we've eaten all the light we can. We've all all, all the light we cannot see. <laughs> uh, it has been eaten. Uh, so, Pete, while I'm firing up my section of the randomizer, do you want to tell the listeners what the randomizer is? The randomizer is our great and powerful being, God, great one, whatever you want to call it. No, we swear complete fealty to the randomizer. It is guiding us on our journey here on Pull to Open. The randomizer picks the next random episode of Doctor Who we will be watching and it consists of two parts. So the first is the pull to open codex, which I have open in front of me, a Google sheet with all of the televised episodes of Doctor Who listed one through 300. Yeah, go go check it out in the show notes. We made some decisions mm-hmm. about what is a single story of Doctor Who that don't necessarily uh, line up with what the show says. Uh, but in terms of the, the stories that we want to watch, um, 
Yeah, there are 300 of them now. Right. Uh, as of the uh, latest Sea Devil story. And uh, the second part is random.org, which is what I'm looking at, mm-hmm. uh, which is uh, a website that finds true randomness by looking at atmospheric noise readings, uh, which is better than algorithms uh, that, that computer programs usually use to to just kind of pick a quote-unquote random number out of thin air. It's not truly random. But if you really want to get all Doctor Who and woo-woo about this, you want the atmospheric noise. So that's what we're doing. Yeah, uh, I, I have plugged. I have plugged the numbers one, minimum one, maximum three hundred, minimum of an unearthly child, maximum of Legend of the Sea Devils, uh, into random.org. And when Pete gives me the countdown, I'm going to hit generate, and we will regenerate into a new story. Well, do we want to give a challenge to the randomizer? Yeah, I yeah, I done. have a challenge. Mm-hmm. I have a challenge for a randomizer. Take us to another story with. A, at least one Roman in it. Oh, would, would Rory count? Rory counts. <laughs> I'm counting Rory, so that's why I'm giving. <laughs> I'm giving the Roman a, okay. a, a, a more of a base here. So we, you know, it could be the Romans. It could be Fires of Pompeii. Uh, it could be mm-hmm. the Pandorica opens Big Bang. Um, yeah, it could even be like uh, Good Man Goes to War. Right? He he's dressed up as a centurion in that. Or okay. uh, there's the Christmas episode. He just dresses up as a centurion for uh, just for fun, kids. That's all they were doing. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I like that challenge because the randomizer seems to like to fulfill these requests in creative ways, right? Yeah. <laughs> so no, that's a good there's one. a Roman anywhere in it, uh, we're good. So my challenge will be take us anywhere with space or time in the title. Ooh, okay. Because we're wandering all of space-time, right? Everywhere we and are. anywhere, every star that ever was. Are there, are there a lot of stories with space in the title? Uh, space Museum, Space Pirates. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it's probably the only two. Yeah. <laughs> space more. Pirates could be good, given given the, uh, you know, we can yeah. compare that to Legend of the Sea Devils, which I might actually watch by next week. Um, so that, that could be interesting. Yeah. All right. So there's some. Well, we have our challenges. Yeah. A lot lot of time. We know that. And now Um, you have your countdown. Yep. Five, four, three, two, one. Fantastic. 29. 29. Whoa, 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 whoa. Are you kidding me? No, that's early. It's the power of the Daleks. Ooh. What? Power of the Daleks. Is that Troughton's first? Of course, that's Troughton's first. Yes, it the is Power of the Daleks. The Power of the Daleks, which recently, was recently yeah. turned. I actually saw that in the theater uh, when Me they too. released it Me in too, 2016. Yeah. yeah, so I guess we will be watching that again. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. And okay, it's a longer maybe, one. Uh, it's a six episode uh, opener. But yeah, this is. is this is the very first new doctor story, obviously. Yes. Um, wow. Okay. It's interesting. It's, and obviously we, we had already done the 10th planet. We've done that some time ago now, but yeah, um, this is cool. It's the other thing the randomizer loves to do, right? Is it, it likes to take us back to the episode just after an episode we've seen. Yeah. Uh, aside, that's the thing it likes to do aside from ignoring all of our challenges. 
uh, <laughs> or doing precisely the opposite in some cases. It fulfills them just just later. Like it's it yeah. heard our many time issued request that we get lots of uh, Dalek uh, stories. It's true. We haven't had any. And here is reputedly one of the best. Yeah, just three down. We just did Genesis, and now we're doing Power. And I think, you remember when I was talking about going in chronological order? This might actually yeah. work. Cause this really? One, yeah, because this is a early in the Cosmos timeline Dalek episode because it's a, a early colony of... We'll, we'll get into it. We'll get into it. But it's a, <laughs> <laughs> this is not far future Daleks. These are uh, fairly... Fairly new Daleks. All uh, I remember about you know. Pilot Daleks, I'll just say this and then we'll, we'll leave it to, to next week, is I remember it came out in November 2016, which was a very dark time in the mm. world. And I could not watch this without thinking of the the horror that, that <laughs> potentially awaited us, the, the radiation-soaked landscape that potentially we were in for. Um, Guys, if you're yeah. well, not looking we'll on YouTube, it. Chris's hands are in front of his face. <laughs> it's like horror. The, horror. Very, we're in the heart the of darkness. Horror. But we're going to get yeah. there next week, lit. everybody, uh, when we <laughs> tune in to Power of the Daleks because we're just at the end of this outing. Uh, Charity about Eaters of Light. Hey, this is Pull to Open. It's a podcast. Thank you so much for listening. But it is a podcast, and podcasts really thrive on subscriptions. So hit that subscribe button if you haven't. Also, thrive on reviews. Review the pod if you haven't. We are also on social. Follow us on social if you haven't. We're at Pull to Open on TikTok, Pull to Open 63 on Twitter, Pull to Open 63 on Instagram, and various other. <laughs> platforms oh we're on youtube yes. we're on youtube yeah so google uh, search for us there pull to open uh, doctor who will find our podcast and tell all your friends tell a whole bunch yeah we may start uh, bringing in folks from other Do- doctor who podcasts uh to to join us in our random adventure so listen out for that oh yes nice little tease that could be happening <laughs> very very soon everyone so uh tune in for power of the daleks where we may have a special guest All right, Chris, it's been real. We will see you next time.